Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross and today I'm giving you a whole episode around who is supporting you in business. The questions that I'm talking about today I think are some of the most important questions that you can ask yourself. So many of you are out there in business doing things that require courage, that require discipline and not actually considering the type of self-support that you need. So in today's episode I'm asking you to think about things like who do you get support from? when you are making tough decisions, having difficult conversations, um, implementing change, implementing learning. I'm asking you questions like what happens when you use your friends and family as your coach? I'm getting you to consider that. I'm asking you who is making you pause and acknowledge and celebrate yourself? Who is stopping you from hiding when you want to crawl under a rock, crawl into a hole and convince yourself that you just can't and feed yourself the lies that you don't see objectively for what the truth really is? And who is there for you when you want to sell out? Who's there to remind you what's important to you when times are hard and things are difficult? This is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to benefit so much from it if you pause it as I ask you the questions, or if you want, journal it out as I ask you the questions. And I think it's going to help you to recognize that maybe, just maybe, the type of support that you are getting at the moment or the amount of support that you're getting at the moment isn't actually adequate to meet the needs for you to do the things that require discipline and require courage. Let's see, let's find out, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross. Today, I want to talk to you about who is supporting you. Really, who is supporting you? The thing that I notice across my whole client base is they are often the ones responsible for their business, for their team or the people they outsource work to, to their clients, to their for their business results. They are the ones responsible. They're the ones who feel isolated in their decision making. They are the ones who want to go deep in the work because, because they know it spills into their business. It ripples out good and bad. They are the ones who wear all the hats. They're the plate spinners. They're the ones who get the most value from my coaching because it helps them to acknowledge and recognize their shit and be able to do something about that with someone, by the way, who understands the pressure that they're under. They get the opportunity to align their actions with what they want rather than with their fears and holding back or what they don't want, you know? And I know that I've talked in a previous episode recently about the factors that I think that you should consider when it comes to investing in yourself this way. I was making the point in that episode, wasn't I, that it's quite often we think about our personal development, especially as business owners. There always seems to be something, you know, something more justifiable or other justifiable spaces to spend our financial resources. And I bring that up directly because time after time, I'm told by my clients how much this the work that I do goes above and beyond what they were actually expecting. And I don't know. I don't know if that's because I undersell myself. I don't know if it's because it's just my process and what I know to do. And therefore it comes naturally to me. And therefore I don't think to talk about it. But the reason why I think it is important is because what I notice in all of them is before they joined me, they didn't recognize they needed the support. And therefore investing in yourself that way seemed like a much riskier thing to do. But that's the thing, because then when they're in it, 
it's like they didn't know why they thought that in the first place. Let me read you something, a message that came through today. I've literally just posted this on Instagram. Um, it's off one of my clients and she said, I want to let you know, this is, this is, she texted me at this Sunday morning. It's Sunday today. She said, I want to let you know my brain's actually changed, Nick. I can see, I can see it on the daily. I am honestly constantly grateful. My thoughts are so much more gorgeous and deep and open and kind and happy. And I realized last night there's so much happiness. Um, I'll skip a few bits, but she says, I am only a year from when I first started considering working with you. If last year me knew that this was possible, what the hell does the future hold? I can trust myself beyond belief. And she says, I'll be forever grateful to you facilitating the change in my brain and transforming my life. I maintain that it's un- your work is underrated and underestimated what your work does when the client goes all in. And I think that last sentence is so important. Let me read that bit again. I'll be forever grateful for you facilitating the change in my brain and transforming my life. I maintain that it's underrated and underestimated what your work can do when the client goes all in. I actually think that's a really important point when the client goes all in. My work isn't for everyone. I acknowledge that. I recognize that. For my clients, they are the ones responsible for their team, their business results, the people in their business, like their clients, whoever. That can often feel like a very isolated place. And so I actually want you to take what I'm giving you in this episode today, reflect it back to yourself and use the outcomes. So what you um, what you find, what you experience as a result of asking yourself these questions, I want you to use the answers to implement change in your business. That's what I want for you. I think that these podcast episodes I give them for free. So some of my best content I am literally giving for free. And I really truly believe in that because it actually benefits me. That client whose testimonial that I read out just then, she'd binged. You you can actually hear her talk about it in episode 167. It's Lucy White from the very amazing Whisker and White. She was saying before she started working with me, she'd binged the podcast episodes and it really helped. It really helped because she knew my style. She knew what work, it was like she'd done all of the prerequisite work for her because she'd picked up on the episodes that were the most useful. She'd done the work. So by the time she got to my actual doors of my coaching, she'd already done some of the work herself using my content. So that's why I'll keep pumping out and churning out episodes like this in the hope that you are taking them and doing fucking something with them in the hope that one day you and I will cross paths and I'll be able to support you further. But until then, let's dive in. So who's supporting you then? Number one, I want you to consider this. Who do you go to when you're implementing learning or implementing change? So I want you to think about this. Um, And going back to how I set this episode up, you know, so many of my clients, they until they're through the doors, they don't really appreciate how much they were struggling without this kind of support. And that's why I'm bringing you these questions today. On this one in particular though, I have clients come to my door and they will have spent money elsewhere before. They will have bought business courses. They will have bought marketing courses. They will have spent money on advertising and um, possibly even business and strategy coaches before me. And one of the things that they say on repeat is, I, it's not like I got no value out of those things. I definitely learned stuff. But when it comes to the implementing of those 
books or courses or programs, there was definite, there was a definite limitation on the amount of return on investment I could get because I wasn't fill in the blank. Maybe they didn't finish the program or the course or the book. And so that, you know, they just stopped the learning. Maybe they learned the things. So they've got increased knowledge, but they couldn't actually implement it. Uh, I'll give you an example. One of my clients had worked with a marketing specialist within her specific, very niche industry. And she took the course, but she really struggled to implement the changes because she hadn't done the inner work that made her feel confident and comfortable to back her positioning, her pricing herself. So although she'd now gained this marketing knowledge, it actually made things worse for her because now she had this knowledge. So she knew the steps to take, but she just felt like she couldn't take them. That's very frustrating, (laughs) especially when you have forked out for the course or the program or the workbook, you know, but it's the same with change. That's why I included that in this, in this question, where do you go when you're implementing learning or change? It's like the same. If you're trying to change something in your business, like your prices or your website messaging, you know, your copy on your website, who do you go to? Who do you go to when the inner self-doubt is rising and it feels overwhelming and it feels like it's backing you back into the corner. You know, one thing I hear time after time is that, you know, I bought the book, I bought the workshop and it just didn't work for me. And therefore I conclude there must be something wrong with me. And it really shits me because, <laughs> because as you know, I've got over 18 years in learning and development. And so the theory that I know about what it takes for people to actually develop is extensive. And that's not because, you know, I've got a degree in it or anything like that. It's literally because I've worked in this in this industry for that long now that I I know the connection between how it feels when you're in that place and you're thinking, I'll just buy this workshop because it will be the fix. And now having my own business, I also see the other side of it, the darker side of it, where, you know, you've got all of this very smart, very clever, very fancy, very slick marketing that goes on that marries those two. When someone's in a real pain point, it marries that with very fancy and specialist marketing. And, you know, let's face it, if the person or the company's products fixes that problem, then fantastic. But a lot of the time, this is what, this is my point. A lot of the time, what I see is it only sort of does half the job. When someone goes to, you know, a workshop or a course and they don't see the result that they wanted to see. So they go on that marketing course, but they're not, you know, they're not achieving that visibility that they wanted in their business. It's not because they didn't get value from the marketing course. It's not even because the marketing course wasn't any good. It's because there's still their sort of inner issues or inner challenges that they're not equipped to actually work through that is holding them back from implementing all of that marketing knowledge and skill that they've just learned. But the the thing that shits me about that is when they conclude there must be something wrong with me because that is what they conclude. They conclude, they make it mean that, well, it must work for all of them, but not for me. There's something inherently wrong with me that is the reason why I can't get the results. Everyone else can, just not me. So instead of looking at it from a view of, no, actually, there's just things in the way of me implementing my learning. They just make it mean there's something wrong with them and they stop. And when the inner stuff comes up and it makes you stop, it then makes you believe that you can't. So 
how it works is you learn the stuff, you get overwhelmed because now you know it and you've got the information, but you just can't seem to do it. You make it mean something about you. So you stop and you don't implement that. And further to that, you make it, you make that mean that you just must be bad at that thing. You believe that you can't, you, specifically you, because others probably can, right? But just not you. And that that's what it sounds like. So question number one for you to reflect on is, who do you go to when you're implementing learning or you are implementing change? Who, by the way, has the adequate skills to be able to elicit accountability within yourself to actually implement that learning or actually implement that change? Because one of the, the well, literally, I'm just looking at it now. The next point that I'm going to get onto is what happens when you use your family and friends as that person. So the reason why I caveated the last point with, you know, the person needs to have the skills and the ability to hold you and help you to hold yourself accountable to bridge the gap and be able to implement what you need to implement, which means unlearning some stuff and also learning how to navigate difficult things like self-doubt and imposter syndrome and procrastination and stuff like that. They're just symptoms, by the way. I've done loads of episodes on that. But when we turn to our family and friends, number two, what happens when you use your family and friends as your coach? That's the question number two. When when you don't see the work that I do as a skill that is learned and developed over time, you miss the point that not everyone can do this. When you don't see the work that I do as a skill that is learned and developed over time, you do miss the point that not everyone can do this. And what happens, I think, particularly for those of you who are business owners and therefore the money that is spent on your learning and development isn't the companies that you work for, it's yours, right? What can happen is we try to use our family and friends as our coaches. And there's loads of examples of this, right? It's when you audition your idea to your family or your friends or your partner even, and they go, oh God, oh, I don't know about that. Will you make money off that though? Oh God, well, do you think people will pay that much? Really? Or oh, that little that little thing that you do, that creative little business that you've got, how's it going? Oh, is it paying the bills though? Like there is so, they've, okay, listen, right, this is what I think. Your family and friends, they care about you the most. They care more about you than I do. And I <laughs> by that, I don't mean I don't care about you. I mean, they care even more. They love you even more. They're even more invested in your success, in your happiness, in your satisfaction, in your fulfillment, in your business. Of course they are. You know, if you're talking about family, you're talking about people who they've been invested in you since you came out of the womb. If you're talking about your partner, maybe that you live with, of course they're invested because not only are they do they care about you, but also you contribute to your household and the bills being paid. So there's loads of different reasons why your family and friends care more about you than I do. So take that the right way, please. But please know, in answer to this question, so actually pause the episode and write down the answer. What does happen when you use your family and friends as your coach? What happens? Does it? Do you find that it sort of ruins your relationship a little bit because they don't give you what you need? Or do you find, like one of my clients was saying to me recently, do you find that it actually doesn't help you in business because they give you exactly what you thought you needed in that moment? So what I mean by that is when my clients come to me and they present me with their thoughts, like it's a shit dump of thoughts, like, oh, I'm fucking looked online and I've seen them and I feel, 
I don't know, jealous or whatever they bring to the table. My job isn't to cajole them, isn't to talk like positivity talk them or isn't to drag them out of it. My job is to help them grow through that. Part of that is to help them sit with the discomfort of themselves. And sometimes what you think you need in those moments is for someone to join in with you and be like, yeah, they're shit and you're the best. And I think that sometimes our family and friends can give us what we think we want, but not actually what we need. And here's the thing to to wrap up this point. Your family and friends, they have their own shit and their own conditioning. So your family and your friends will have their own um, relationship with money, relationship with risk, relationship with how they manage their difficult emotions, and they'll have their own relationship with how they navigate you know, the feeling of joy and success. I know that for some, a lot of my clients, they've grown up with parents who don't really allow them to joy, enjoy their joy. You know, oh, well, you know, it's not going to last for long or the other shoe's going to drop or, you know, don't spend too much time luxuriating in the celebration because you've got to crack on. It's like they've had those experiences. So therefore, it's actually really fair to recognize that when you treat your family and your friends as your coach, they come with their own conditioning. They come with their own shit. And that's not on them to work through for your sake, (laughs) you know? Um, And two other points on this before I move on. They want you to be safe. Your family and your friends, they want you to be safe. And they've got their own subjective idea of what safety means. So my mum and dad thought that safety meant have a stable job where you could work overtime. That's the opposite of what I have chosen to do. And so there was a long time where it felt like I was going against my parents' wishes, which has added complexity because one of them wasn't here anymore and the other one was riddled with dementia and didn't really care too much about what he said to you. But anyway, <laughs> you have to laugh. But um, what's my point? The point you have your your parents and your and your family and your friends they want you to be safe both out there you know in business in the material world yeah but also in here in your inner world and so because they've got their own shit and because they've got their own ideas of what safety looks like they're not going to always be able to give you the support that you need they might give you the support that you think you want but they're not always going to give you the support that you actually need i think that's so important to recognize because they care so much for you that it can feel very compelling when they're saying you shouldn't be doing this or you should be doing that. Um, And it can really skew your ability to see your decision-making in your own business clearly when you trust them so much and you know their, um, oh, what's the word? Their intentions for you are to keep you safe. It's very hard to unpick that. And therefore, it can lead you away from yourself. You know, if you want to make a decision or a bold move in business, but you go to your family or friends who just want you to be safe, they might not feel comfortable with the discomfort that they see you in. You know, if you are, if you're in business right now and you're navigating uncertainty, they might just send you directly to trying to find certainty. And that's not always what you need. It might be what you want and it might be what they want for you, but it's not always what you need. And lastly, they might not get it and that's okay. You know, if you think about it, like if I think about the jobs that my family and my partner, even my husband does, I don't really fully get what they do. 
as in I don't get the value of it. I'm sure that the people who are on the receiving end of what they do understand the value of that, the value that they bring, not just in the outcomes and the outputs of their work, but also them as specific humans. You know, what I mean there is I might have a husband who does a particular job that loads of other people do, but because of who he is and in his very unique nature and what he uniquely brings to the table, what we all uniquely bring to the table, I might therefore not fully appreciate the value of what he does or what they do. And that's my point. When you turn to your family and your friends and you sort of give them the job of making them your coach which includes, or mentor, or, you know, when you audition your ideas to them because you're not fully confident in your own decision-making even, be prepared that they might not fully get it. They might not really fully get your idea. And so what it can do, I find this quite often, is someone can have an idea that they're fucking buzzing about and it would have been perfect for their best fit client, would have been perfect for their ideal client. So if I give you just an example off the top of my head, if if you were my client and you were a florist and you were like, do you know what? I'm noticing that I've got the same customer base coming back to me time and time again. I'm going to set up a subscription model. But you go, you go and speak to your Auntie Pam about it, who never buys flowers because that's a waste of money. Auntie Pam is going to be like, no, that's silly. No one's going to do a subscription model. Do you see what I mean? (laughs) It can piss all over your parade. I do not recommend. So question number two, what happens when you use your family and friends as your coach and really reflect on that? What actually happens? Do you get disheartened? Do you, was the idea that you're thinking of doing then, you know, dampened? What happens? Does it, does it, and last point on this, and I promise I'll move on. Does it actually add to a bit of a breakdown in your personal relationships because they're not giving you what you need in business and therefore it's actually costing you in your personal relationships to not have this kind of support. That's something to consider. Third question, who is making you pause, acknowledge, recognize and celebrate yourself? Who is making you pause and acknowledge and recognize and celebrate yourself? This is such a sneaky one. The ramifications are far and wide. Who is making you pause and recognize not just your achievements out there in business, but in here, as in who you needed to become to be able to do that thing or achieve that thing, Who you, what you needed to unlearn, the shit that you needed to deal with and grow through to get that external result. And I want you to acknowledge this question for what it is because who is making you pause, acknowledge and recognize and celebrate yourself? When you think about that, that might, the answer to that question might be no one. And mm, I would say hundred percent of my clients, when they first come to me, they're not very good at doing that for themselves either. How quickly, think about it. How quickly do you give something a quick nod and then rush on or dismiss it or diminish it? Because actually, we've got to keep banging forward. We've got to keep marching forward. Can't rub an neck, you know, it's going to slow us down. Or And I want to be really clear on this point before I move into the next one. This isn't about indulgence. It really isn't. Our brains have a negativity bias. And if, therefore, if we don't intentionally reflect on how we're growing and developing, it is so easy to only see what our shortfalls are so easy. It's so easy to convince ourselves that we're going in circles. 
When actually, when you look at it properly, what you saw was going around in a circle. When you look at it from another angle, is actually you going in a spiral upwards. You were just looking at it wrong. You were just looking at it from the wrong angle. My question in this question is, who is repositioning the angle that you're looking at that circle so that you can see it's a spiral? In the times where you feel like you're going around in circles and you're not getting anywhere, I literally yesterday was sat with a friend having coffee and she said to me, Nick, I just, we were talking about some some of her inner shit that she's got going on at the moment. And she said, Nick, I just feel like I'm just going around in circles. I feel like it wasn't that long ago that I was sat in this same space in your living room talking about the same shit. And I had to remind her that actually we're dealing with the same shit as in it's the same kind of problem that's come back around, but she has grown since then. She has taken different actions since then. She doesn't do different things since then. And it's so hard to see that on your own. And I'm encouraging you here to really reflect on that. Who, before I move on last last time, who is making you pause, acknowledge and recognize and celebrate yourself? Ask yourself that. Question number four, who is stopping you from hiding when you want to crawl in a hole and convince yourself you can't? <laughs> Each one of us, right? Each one of us has our very own set of inner demons allocated to us at birth. God, that sounds so fucking dark when I say it out loud, but that is actually what I believe. It's my own personal experience. It's the experience that I have of my clients. We all have our own inner demons that were allocated to us when we when we were popped out. <laughs> and these demons, they oh, they range from like the niggling, cajoling demons of guilt and they guilt trip us and they can sound like, yeah, but you should be grateful for what you've got and don't step into the unknown and don't ask for more. And hey, don't be so fucking audacious. Who do you think you are? You know, to the downright scathing and shouty voice that tells you it's too dangerous to do the thing that you're thinking of. Don't, you know, go back to safety. And that's the thing with all of this. I, as your coach, I know my role. I know my role is not to comfort you but it's to guide you through that discomfort and by osmosis to help you learn how to navigate that discomfort yourself. Who is stopping you from hiding when you want to crawl into a hole and convince yourself you can't? I will hold you to what you can do, what you're capable of, what your goals are without emotionally bypassing, totally, by the way, totally honoring and acknowledging. And when I say honoring, I mean like truly honoring your emotions and showing you at the same time that you can do it, even though it feels hard, even though it's emotionally uncomfortable. I will hold your goals and your ambitions. I will keep them sacred against your demons. And I know that sounds really dark, but that is the truth. Sometimes, by the way, as in my job, Sometimes that even comes at the cost of risking you liking me, but I will show you what you need to see in yourself in honor of your growth and in honor of your success. And that's the question that I'd like you to ask yourself here is who is stopping you from hiding when you want to crawl into a hole and convince yourself that you can't? Where do you get that support from? Okay, so an ultimate question is when you want to sell out, who's there to pull you back? Who's there to remind you of your values? Who's there to help you remain in integrity? Who is there to help you uphold your values, what you want for yourself in business? It is so easy, right, when things aren't going your way or when things aren't happening quickly enough, but it is so easy to sell out. And you know what? 
I'm just going to insert a snippet of an episode, a recent episode where I talked about selling out because I explain it really well. <laughs> Let me put it in here now. Listen to this. It's costly when you sell out. And normally a lot of people class selling out is when someone does something against their values for financial reward. But I think selling out is more than that. We sell out when we don't back ourselves fully because it's easier not to and to play smaller than we'd like to play. We sell out when we create our social media post or our work of art or our podcast episode, not because it's what we want to sell or share, but it's because we know that it'll do well because the topic is trendy or conventional. We're coloring within the lines, but it's not really what we wanted to do. We sell out when we underprice ourselves because it's easier to swim in a sea of standard pricing than stick your head above the parapet and own what you know your service is really worth. We sell out when we over deliver through not setting crystal clear expectations at the beginning because we want to people please and make sure they're happy with us as a way to control their perception of us as opposed to speaking our truth. The discomfort of selling out for me is more uncomfortable than the benefits I receive from selling out. Is it uncomfortable? Yes, at times it is, but it's always worth it. When you don't own what you want, it can be from the way you best work to your unique process to the type of work you want to do and for who or the way you want to structure and price your services, whatever it is. When you don't own that, it's costly. So back to this episode, it's me again. Back to this episode, it's like, who is there when you want to sell out when fear and doubt is roaring so loudly that you want to, you know, take that message you felt so passionate about and you want to dim it down when you won't step into the authentic, the most authentic expression of you because you're scared. You're scared of judgment. You're scared of being rejected. You're scared of the business results that might come along with being rejected. Who is there in those moments for you? who's supporting you in those moments, who's there for you when you need that reminder of what you said was important to you, when it's easier to do the safe thing over the thing that feels most aligned and the most authentic expression of you, who is there for those times? And the last question, and then I'm going to wrap up the episode here, is who is there to normalize the discomfort? A lot of the issues that we have and I say, I've said this since the beginning of the Inner Work conversation for 180 episodes, is a lot of the issues that we have are because of the way that we deal with shit. So it's like we go through something challenging and that's hard enough. But then on top of that, we give ourselves shit that we found it challenging in the first place. Ask me how I know. <laughs> because I see it in all of us, me included. And a lot of the times what we actually need in those moments is for someone to say, do you know why you're finding this challenging? Because it is. (laughs) Because it fucking is. It's hard and you're finding it hard, not because there's anything wrong with you, but because it's hard. (laughs) When we struggle... When we when when we struggle, right? When we have challenges and when we then tell tell ourselves we shouldn't be struggling. Who is there to normalize that? Who is there to teach you how to deal with the challenges, how to deal with the uncertainty and the feelings that uncertainty brings up? And when you feel those feelings from the uncertainty, the psycho moves you can then make in your own inner world by 
spinning yourself a few lines of what it must mean. You all know what I mean. In those moments where you've sent the email or you've sent the proposal and all of your inner shit comes up going, oh, you probably shouldn't have priced yourself too high. Oh, they're not going to get back to you now. And then you wake up the next morning and you check your email and you check your email and you refresh and you refresh. It's like, who's there to normalize the discomfort in those moments for you? Who's there to teach you by osmosis, how to deal with yourself and how to hold yourself through the discomfort of business? And who is there to help you and bring lightness and playfulness to a really challenging scenario? Because that's the work that I do. Everything that I've talked about in this episode today is the work that I do for my own clients. And so I hope that in me bringing that to the inner work conversation today, what it shows you is for my clients, they, I'm not saying for everyone, right? And I just want to be clear on that. Not everyone needs my service. Not everyone needs my support. But for my clients, they are the ones that recognize that actually I'm doing okay. Business is established and business is good, but I'm going to get a lot further and I'm going to have a lot better of a time in business in my inner world with that support. And my God, do I love doing it. Like every day, like when I read you that testimonial earlier, just makes me appreciate it even more than I than I do. It is such a pleasure and it is such a privilege to do this work. And so this is your invitation to come and do this work with me. The calls that are open for me at the moment are inquiry calls. I'll leave the link in the show notes. It is a one in, one out kind of situation. So I encourage you to contact me and let me know what you're thinking and let me know how all of what today has elicited within you. What has that got you to thinking? How has that self-reflection caused you to think differently about the type of support that you might need? Okay, so wrapping up here with that, please never forget, I really am always cheering you on and I really do hope that you are cheering you on too.